0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball.
2: A dream, a
1: dream, out Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio.
2: They gonna let me for my ambition, ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. He did a dream, a dream, though it's harder to live Here's your host,
1: Simo Buckley. They gonna let me for my ambition. ambition, ambition. Welcome. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. episode 149. Huh? Books, we're here! Yes, it is a Thursday, 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 June nine, two 2016, and we have got quite the show for you. Unfortunately, on Tuesday, the show kind of cut itself out for five minutes. I did a take-two yesterday. And uh, we're here to recap Game 3. If you want to re listen to the recap of Game 2, go back to yesterday's show or the last show, Episode 148, and, and that's all the recap you need. But today, before I get to my guests that are on hold, I'm sure they can hear me. I know they can. I know who they are. We got uh, Jonathan Wagner with us. He'll be on the line in a second. I just want to get to my quick little five-minute monologue real quick and obviously do all the intros, and then I'll get to them. And then obviously we got Chris. Out in L.A., we got New York and L.A. Both sides of the globe when it comes to the American landscape in sports. But I want to get to my first thing real quick. I need to get Kevin Hart in here, obviously, before we get to Game Three and the recap. Uh, here it is, Ke- Kevin Hart. Let's get it going. You're about to hear some serious shade from one Simo But let's get it going, right? All right, now. all right, all right. You're gonna learn today. Before I get my main men in here, let me just say, when you think of 48 points, think about this. When you think of 48 points in an NBA Finals, what, what comes to your mind? You know what comes to my mind? And I know it's because I'm probably young. I'm 25 years old. But Allen Iverson in game one of the NBA Finals from 2001 had 48 points in an overtime game beating the vaunted Los Angeles Lakers from 2001 where no one talks about that team. Shaq went bonkers in that game too. Uh, and, and everyone else you can think of, you know, Kobe Bryant, Rick Fox, Derek Fisher, a bunch of guys in that team, like a ton of great players on that team, and two bona fide Hall of Famers. And Allen Iverson went on for 48 points. Why do I bring up 48 points from Allen Iverson in game one? What do you all think? Steph Curry. Okay, here we go. You, you wanted to hear the Steph Curry shade. Well, if this is your opportunity to listen in and, and, and just dig deep. Allen Iverson had 48 points in one game. Kyrie Irving last night had 30 points. Game one, he had twenty six. I think in Game One he disappeared a little bit. I think he only had like like seventeen or something. Steph Curry has forty-eight points in three basketball games in the NBA Finals. You're a unanimous MVP. If I was a media member, I want to put Draymond Green as the MVP of this team. Y'all know what's up. Don't act, don't step back and sit here and act like you don't know what's up. You fan you you Curry fanboys. You need to go away, you need to disappear, and you need to understand. Look, and I know the Cleveland Cavaliers dominated last night. 63-point swing from game two to game three. And that's with, the, that's with the exit of Kevin Love of his concussion protocol. Think about that. Just, just wrap your mind around that, a 63-point disappearance. And I saw a stat this morning that blew my mind. The starting rotation of the Cleveland Cavaliers had 105 points, which isn't good, by the way, but 105 points to the demise of the Golden State Warriors starting five, 58 points. Think about that. 105 to 58 in the starting lineup. Oh, and by the way, Seth Curry had 19 points, his highest output of the series. And let me tell you about uh, 15 of those points we're in the fourth quarter when it was a 20-point blowout. Steph Curry has been a complete no-show and garbage this finals. Absolute garbage, terrible. He has been absolutely atrocious. Now, who who gets more of the blame and who gets more of the credit? I think honestly, most of the credit needs to go to Cleveland and their ability to lock up Steph. Game 1, that bench for Golden State went absolutely bonkers. They were incredible, they were outstanding. That's why they won the ball game. The bench, again, showed up for Golden State. They played great. They were outstanding in game. They, they, they scored 32 points in game – or, excuse me, like 42, 32 points. They scored a lot of points in game uh, three as well. The bench actually played pretty well. And the, uh, the, and granted, most of them did because they, they, the fourth quarter was an absolute blowout. But in game two, as we all mentioned, you know, Kevin Love and, and Steph Curry and Clay and, and they have disappeared. And, Steph, you're going to get all of the shade from me when it, comes to this, uh, when it comes to what's going on in the NBA Finals as of late. 19 points last night, and the majority of that was in a time and place when you, when you didn't even matter anymore. Your team was down by 30-plus points. It didn't even matter anymore. That's how bad it got for the Golden State Warriors last night. They got absolutely trumped. 120 to 90, and LeBron James again absolutely went bonkers. But the real story of the night was Kyrie Irving. Or should I say, Uncle Drew was in the building. Uncle Drew, you talk about a guy who looked like complete. Poetry in motion last night. He crossed up Steph. He crossed up Clay. He crossed up a couple other guys. He crossed up some cats going to the rack. He looked like he was swimming to the rack, like he was trying to, you know, get a gold medal for his for his country in the swimming competitions. This guy was poetry in motion last night. And he set it all up from the outside. Thirty points for Kyrie Irving. And he didn't even necessarily need to show up in the second half. Because he 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 tied the Golden State Warriors in the first quarter. He scored sixteen points in the first quarter. Golden State had the same thing. Wrap it up. That was ball game. That was it right there. We got Jonathan Wagner on the hotline, Blank. Jonathan, how's it going, man? I haven't heard from you in a long time. How's it going, man?
0: Yeah, long time no speak, man. It's good good to hear you. Good to be on.
1: Absolutely. Good to hear you, man. Hey, what's your take then of the NBA finals for these first three games and what are we going to expect tomorrow on Friday? We'll just, just recap what happened first.
0: Well, I mean, so far, I, I think if you're Golden State, you, you might be a little bit concerned, only because your starters, as you said, have, have not gotten going. They didn't. They didn't get going last night. Um, the starters completely dominated by Cleveland. Um, they pretty much won the first two games primarily with their bench, or at least a good chunk with their bench, especially in game two. Uh, it, it, and that could could be kind of a telltale sign that it's maybe a mashup problem for them. It was certainly for Oklahoma City for the first four games of that series until they, they finally turned it on late in that series and, and pulled it out in seven games. So it, we haven't really in these last two series seen the Warriors the way we're used to seeing them. And even though they, they won the yeah. first two games big and they, they it was no contest in those first two games, they won very comfortably and they, they did what they had to do at home, got the 2 nothing lead, um, we, we, we haven't really seen the Warriors – like we're used to seeing them like i said and and so far if if they're not going to show up and especially on the road we, what we tend to see is i, I th- this year's been unbelievable. I think last night was the the twentieth game in the playoffs this year which which shatters the old record of eleven uh where we've seen a margin of victory twenty five points or more so it, it, and and that's that's another thing too that where not only. In these, in these finals, but in these, these last couple of rounds, but in general, this year with the Warriors, compared to last year, I was, I was looking up some numbers last year, and their 20 losses, um, they lost their 20 games last year, going 83 and 20, this counts regular season and playoffs, of course, yeah. uh, by 8.2 points per game. They've almost doubled that this year, 15.1 points per game for their 15 losses this year. Last year, they never lost a game by more than 14 points. This year, seven of their 15 losses by 17 or more. And we've seen their last three losses now, like 28, 24, and 30 last night. So it, it's almost, you know, at least last year when they did lose, for the which was, which was as rare as almost as this year, uh, it, they were competitive for the most part when they lost. This year, I think what we're seeing, even in the regular season, I noticed it and we saw it, in, especially now in the playoffs now and this one game in the finals last night, with the Warriors – they're usually very great, usually great, great team, usually very, very good, but when they're bad, there's no in-between, really no in-between with them this year, compared to last year. When they lost their, at least competitive this year, they're getting blown out. So, I think, you know, on, on the road, we, we've seen not only the the home team, the home court makes such a difference for the, for teams in the playoffs in general this year, but not only in these finals, uh, we've seen it even more in the finals so far in the first three games, three blowouts, three blowouts, but... I think with 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 the role players in these games, they're so much more comfortable at home. So not only is the home court advantage uh, big for everybody, but for the role players especially, you saw it for Golden State in the first two games. Those guys are are just a lot more comfortable doing more than they're asked to do normally, and they were able to do that in the first two games So when Golden State starters are not carrying them like they usually do. Um, and we know Golden State's a deep team, but usually it is on the starters for them especially their big three with the Splash Brothers and and Draymond. But I think the role players feel more comfortable at home than when they're asked to do more than they're they're normally capable of doing or, or, or feel comfortable usually doing. They can do that at home, but you saw last night, they weren't able to do that really. I mean, they did play better than the Cleveland bench. The Cleveland bench, they got nothing from the bench, and they didn't need it. But I think, you know, it's a problem for Golden State because if they're going to have to continue to rely on their bench, their bench should be supplementary to their their starters and and their big three. It shouldn't be the thing that's driving them. And it seems like so far, even in the two wins and especially throughout these three games, it's almost like they're relying too heavily on their bench. And if if that's the way the series is going to go, especially now in game four being in Cleveland, with Cleveland with it coming off a big win and a chance to tie it up, that could be a problem for the Warriors. They're going to have to get these starters going at some point. Uh, otherwise, they could find themselves uh, in a long series and maybe in trouble down, down the stretch as the series goes.
1: And as we've mentioned here on the Hoopers log, again, the phone number, if you'd like to call in, is 323-642-1558. We do have Chris on the line from L.A., and uh, he is on the hotline bling. Yeah, 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 he's here. Absolutely the main man he's here right now uh he's calling in and and he and he mentioned to me while we were talking about this off the air on Twitter and he said something about how uh it, we we both know what's up. Steph Curry has not shown up in this finals. What what's your take on that, Chris? I'd like to hear that.
2: Oh man, it's just it's insane how the first unanimous MVP has disappeared in the most important time of the playoffs and Let's get this straight. I am a fan of Curry. I I like his I like his game. I like him as a person. I'm not not a Curry hater at all. But sure. He's just non-existent in these play like it's we really haven't seen a big game from Curry since the Blazers game. Since he came back from that injury and kind of just just detonated on the Blazers. We haven't really seen anything else from him. You know, he hasn't been himself. I don't want to blame injury and give him some kind of cop out. I feel like he just hasn't been competing at the level that he needs to compete on. And, you know, if this were LeBron, we would be killing LeBron. Man, when LeBron disappeared in the Mavericks, when the finals against the Mavericks a couple years ago, people would never let him live that live that down. You know, they still talk about it on Twitter to this day. You know, and I think Curry is doing that right now. He's having one of those disappearing acts, you know, where he's just – like. And, and what's crazy is with Curry, he's, he's sort of – looking one-dimensional to me now. You know, when I see him play, it's like when he's not hitting shots, it's kind of like, why do you have him out there? You know, that's kind of almost like his whole game. And once you take that away, it seems like he just really disappears. If Draymond isn't scoring, he's still going to rebound, play defense, um, can still pass, you know, he he can still give you something else. With Clay. if he's not scoring, he's not hitting, then he still can – do a little bit of rebounding. He definitely will guard the other teams' best player, great two-way player. But for Curry to be the first unanimous MVP, the very first, is just it's kind of it's kind of scary to me that he just is so one-dimensional. You know, once that jumper isn't falling, he kind of disappears. He just is non-existent. And I love what he said. Uh, Jonathan said about the um, the Warriors having to depend on their bench a little too much. Because the bench should be like he said, supplementary. You know, Curry and Clay and Draymond, they should be doing a lot more. You know, to where the bench only has to contribute just a little bit. They shouldn't be carrying the load. Otherwise, they'd be the starters. But I, I don't know. I feel like Curry may be a little hurt. I, I'm whole, I don't think he is, but I think that that might be a little a little bit of his issue. Um, but I think him and Clay will right the ship. I think Game Three there will be some coaching adjustments and. um because I think Steve Curry is really good at good at making these adjustments. I think he's going to make some changes that will get Curry going. You know, because another thing that'll is Curry doesn't get into the foul line either. You know, he's only taken four free throws this yep. whole series out of three games. So I think that's another why he hasn't been able to really kind of get it flowing. Because, you know, as a as a ball player, getting to the free throw line kind of helps you get everything flowing. Yep. You know, just getting those shots. So I think that's another thing that's kind of hurting Curry right now.
1: I think I think another main factor about it, too, and it's not.
2: I, I, I agree with you. Curry
1: is, well, I mean, it's not even an agreement, it's just a fact. Curry has disappeared completely in this series. But I think at the same time, the physicality that's allowed in portions of the playoffs leading up to the finals, and especially in the regular season, is not what the finals is all about. Look, people forget about this when they're watching basketball during the regular season and during parts of the playoffs, is that. The, the NBA playoffs, and especially the regular season, is not, viewed na- is not viewed globally. I mean, yes, you can view it globally. You can turn it on and there's games on, whatever, if you want to. But you've got to kind of search for it. The, the NBA Finals is built for everybody across the globe to witness and recognize. Because remember, 15, 20 years ago, all we had was one channel and no internet, nothing. It was just your homeboys watching the game. Well, that's what it's like right now in third-world countries, what it was like here 20 years ago when it comes to media. That's all these people have in other parts of the country. So when the basketball landscape wants to present itself in the correct manner, which is allowing physicality, allowing for the game to display itself at the best on its highest form, you're going to see games like this. And Curry is disappearing because he is getting out physical. He's just getting – every time he's off the ball, he is getting dominated. And, and it's for everybody out there who watches basketball. When you see him off the ball, it looks like he's going, he's going toe-to-toe with some of the best fighters of all time because he has no chance. Yes. I mean, he just can't he Being cannot bullied. get off the ball because he is getting absolutely crushed. Once he does get the ball, it changes. But by the time he does have the ball in his hands, he's already beaten up mentally, physically, and maybe even as we saw in, in game two against the uh, you know, Cleveland against the Warriors in Golden State his will just disappears. Like, there's just nothing there left once he gets the ball, and those shots that normally go down from 28, 30 feet out when he hucks them up, they just die on the way, on the way to the rack. That's not, that's not Curry not being Curry. That's Curry getting absolutely out physical. And I think if you see it from any other player, you know, LeBron, Shaq, anyone who actually has physical stature, they can at least somehow fend that off. Curry just can't. And that's just not to – look, I'm the biggest Curry hater out there. I'm never going to deny that. I, I hate Curry to my gut. But I respect the guy. Because he's found a way to utilize his intelligence with his basketball skill set, which is absolutely incredible considering how small the guy is. But at the same time, he still sets his game up from the outside in. And you brought it up perfectly, Chris, that this team and this guy has to set his game up from the outside in. And if he's not making his shots, which is what he does then that's when he turns into, like you said, one-dimensional player. This is the thing I've been screaming since I've been doing this show, is that Curry is an unbelievable player, but he sets his game up outside in. Look at LeBron's stat line last night. 40 minutes played, 32 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists, and a du- and, 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 and another crazy alley-oop that'll go on to his highlight reel of just pure insanity. Like, This guy is built to play inside out. The legends of this game are built to play inside out. And an example of last night, which is funny because Curry got a taste of his own medicine, Uh, Kyrie Irving, a.k.a. Uncle Drew. Look, I don't know who Kyrie Irving is. Uncle Drew was in the building last night. Look, he started off the game super hot, was insanely scary because every single time he pulled up for mid-range, you knew it was going in. You knew. Like, I was sitting there like, that's going in. That's going in. And the moment he started clicking, I was like, okay, this is a Curry-type performance, but this was before Curry. Irving was doing this already. This was a part of his game. You saw his outside game hitting. The moment he had that, it was over. And, and it's the same thing that you mentioned about Curry and his criticism. Kyrie Irving's been facing these past two games. How Where has Kyrie Irving been? Where has he been? He showed up last night, and you got a dose. And Curry got a dose of his own medicine again seeing what another guy can do from the outside in, because that's how Kyrie Irving sets his game up. Although, even though Kyrie Irving's handles are better than Curry's, he still needs to set his game up from the outside in. Gentlemen, I'm going to start off with you, Jonathan. Game four tomorrow. Look, I think we've seen a bunch of blowouts in these first three games, obviously, and I think now finally going into game four, I said going into game three, the Cavs had an 80% chance of winning the ball game. chance of winning the series, down 2-0 going into game three. That happened. They won. Now I think going into game four, it's a 45% chance of the Cavs winning the series, but I think it's only a 55% chance they win tomorrow. I think tomorrow is going to be an absolute classic, and I'm not just trying to be a shill for the NBA and the NBA finals. I really think that tomorrow the adjustments are all going to come together and game four is going to – someone's going to step up for one of those teams, and this series is either going to go to go to a game five tied or it's going to go back to Oracle where the, where the Golden State Warriors wrap it up on Monday. Jonathan, what's your take on what's going to happen tomorrow? And what do you expect to see uh, tomorrow? And, and then after that, going on to, to game five for Monday.
0: Well, I mean, given the way the first three games, it's hard to – have gone. It's hard to expect anything, really. <laughs> but uh, you know, I'll try to right. take my best guess. But I, I guess you know the first question is is, is Kevin Love going to play? Is he if he plays, is he going to start? Yeah. You know, so or is it going to be Richard Jefferson again? And is J R Smith? You know, I I know J R Smith. I've seen this plenty of times from him playing here in New York for the Knicks. You know, he played well last night. Five of ten from three, twenty points was a big factor last night. He can give you that for a game or a game or two. And then the next game he might go two for 12 and be invisible. So that's going to be a huge factor, they're, and especially if Love is not playing. So they're going to need that from the perimeter. Uh, you know, last night it was a total reversal from three. You know, we, we saw in the first couple of games Cleveland couldn't buy a three, and, and Golden Stadium, though the starters weren't getting into it that much, like, like we see usually in the backcourt with, with Clay and Curry. Um, they were still making enough threes that, that it kind of carried their offense enough um, but, you know, Cleveland last night, 12-25 from three, and a lot of that, again, came from J.R., 5-10. So if he can keep hitting threes and keep that Golden State defense on its heels, um, that'll be a big factor for Cleveland. I, I think they'll be in good shape. You know you know what you're going to get from LeBron. You know what you're going to get from Kyrie at home. Uh, that's a big factor, too, for, him, for them as well, obviously, because Kyrie didn't play that well. You know, to be perfectly honest, he, he really didn't play well at all in the first two games in Oakland. Uh, last night, he had a phenomenal first half, and it was, you know, it was a little more quiet. You know, didn't didn't have a good third third quarter, neither him or LeBron. They both had, they combined for one for seventeen in the third, uh, but then Kyrie turned it on after that in the fourth and, and helped him put the game away. Before he was just sitting because they didn't need him. Uh, so, so you expect him to play well at home. But to me, you know, it's going to come down to first of all turnovers. Is a, is a big factor. Golden State, and that's the thing. Really, I think that's been ticking Kerr off a lot. Is is Golden State has really been even in their wins in the first couple of games a little too careless with the ball. They got away with it because they turned Cleveland over and they got easy baskets. That's you know a lot of people talk about Golden State and three point <laughs> shooting, but when they're able to turn other teams over and they get out and run and transition like most teams, but Golden State seems to do it as well or or, or better than anybody else. Um, They're so dangerous, and that's a big part of their offense as well as the threes. So we didn't really see that at all last night. Um, Cleveland had 13 turnovers, but it really didn't hurt them that much. Golden State turned it over 18 times last night. A third of those came from Curry. Um, I think we're a little bit tough on Curry, only in terms of the three-point shooting. Now, last night it wasn't that good, three for nine. The first two games – really wasn't that bad you know the second game game one he was four for eight which he'll take you know usually uh even though sometimes he could be even better than that first game was three for eight so that really didn't kill him he's really just hasn't been taking the shots and like you said chris a lot of that is the physicality you know off the ball everywhere he goes it really started with oklahoma city san antonio um tried to do that you know, uh, it, with him every time they play him also. Uh, that's where other teams kind of, you know, got it from, I think. Yeah. And then Oklahoma City picked that up in the playoffs and uh, and did that to him a lot and really bothered him at times um, until later in the series. And then you see Cleveland has been doing it as well. And even in the two wins for the Warriors, they did it. You know, if he's not able to – he moves so much. That's part of what makes him so tough to defend, obviously not just his shot, but – he's just constantly in motion, usually cutting and, and weaving in and out through, through the defense and coming around curls and coming around screens from one side to the other um, to get open shots. And of course he has a such, such a quick release that when he does come around a screen or a curl, he'll get the pass and put it up right away before he could get out there and, and get a hand in his face. But in this series and in, in the beginning of the Oklahoma city series, he just hasn't been able to get free. So those, those, the the movement off the ball that he's normally able to get, that he's so good at getting, and which really tires you out defensively trying to stick with him, Cleveland's done a great job at that so far. Even all three games, even though they lost the first two games badly, they've done a good job with that the first three games. If they can continue to do that, obviously it's gonna it's gonna be a big factor for for Golden State's offense. What to expect? You know, I'm not really sure. I think after last night and the way we've seen the playoffs go, go so far, I think you almost have to expect. Another Cleveland win, unless the Splash Brothers just get insanely hot from three, like we've seen them do before, and if Green, who has uh, risen up from three in the playoffs recently, not so much in the in in, in, the, in game three last night but and or in these finals just yet, but uh, although in game two, I think he, he was pretty hot from three, so uh, you know if those guys can get it going from three and if they can get some turnovers like they did in the first two games and get out in transition, get some easy buckets. I think they can go home and, and look to close it out up 3-1. to one. If that doesn't happen, uh, I don't know if it's going to be another blowout, like 30 points like last night again. But, uh, like I said, given the way Golden State's been this year compared to last year, when they lose, they lose badly. There's really no in-between for them. They usually win, but when they lose, they lose really badly this year for the most part. And they could get blown out again. And so if they, they don't get those things going offensively, and especially created out of their defense force and turnovers, Uh, I almost expect another Cleveland win, because I think you you pretty much know what you're going to get, whether Love plays or not, whether he starts or not. And uh, dependent, though, of course, on Jr. because if he's cold, uh, they're going to need a lot more out of Kyrie and LeBron to carry him.
1: Chris, what do you think is going to happen tomorrow night, what do you think is going to happen on Friday?
2: Oh, man, I just – I really don't see – how Curry can be effective with the way he gets bullied when he's moving without the ball that's the thing that made Reggie Miller so great is he know he knew how to use screen to move, he knew how to use screens move without the ball uh he was really uh resourceful and chippy you know he knew how to nudge win the elbow and small things like that I don 't think Curry has that skill yet, and I don't think too many people understand this unless you play basketball. It's just some ways that you can kind of run off a screen or Set your man up for a screen. You know, you may push him a little bit before you take off. I don't think Curry does that enough, you know, and I, I don't know. I really feel like I, I still have faith that somehow Clay Thompson will catch fire tomorrow. I think he's due for another Clay game. Um, yeah. I, with I, the way Curry has been getting bullied, I just think Clay and Draymond will carry a team tomorrow. I think Kerr is going to make some adjustments um, because Richard Jefferson has really been killing him with his rebounding yeah. and just his a- overall activity and energy. Um, yeah. He's sort of the, uh, the Cavaliers' yeah. Draymond Green right now. So he's going to make some adjustments to get – to make Richard Jefferson less effective. And I think Clay Thompson will also find a way to go off. and I, I don't think that Clay will be guarding uh, Kyrie next game because uh, – like you said, uh Uncle Drew was in the building and he cooked Curry a couple times. He he gave it to him, you know. Um, he actually gave it to Clay a couple times too, but we all know Clay yeah. is definitely a better defender than Curry. So I think yeah. Curry uh I think Clay wouldn't up guarding uh Kyrie. Um and I just I, it's hard to predict what Jared Smith will do because he's one of the hottest, coldest guys in the NBA. You know, when he's on, he can give you thirty. When he's off he is off, you know. So I I don't see a lot of yeah. coming from him either. Um, I think that Cleveland really just had the best possible game they could have had last night. You know, I really think that they had it. It was just as great as it could go. That first quarter, they just made every shot, every shot, every jumper in. You know, and the Warriors couldn't make anything. And I also think um, was reading the you know reading the blogs and stuff earlier. Um, Kevin Love will he he most likely will play tomorrow. Um, I think that'll just mess up the rotation of Cleveland because they used to they play obviously much better without him, but it 's hard to sit right. a guy like that an entire game when he 's healthy and you 're paying him what nineteen million a year it 's kind of hard to sit a guy yeah. like that They're supposedly part of the big three, so I think that 'll um mess up the flow kind of that the Cavs had from last game um, and I think it will like just mess with the team 's morale you know because. They, When he wasn't there, they were just clicking, you know, and it just, it all yeah. worked perfectly. You know, LeBron wasn't screaming and yelling at anybody. He didn't have the sour face. And I don't know if you ever noticed, but every time Kevin Love makes a mistake, LeBron makes this face just, ah, oh, like, yeah. he's just so frustrated. You can just see it, you know. And I actually wrote an article on this about two weeks ago when they were still playing the Hawks. I said that Kevin Love is going to be traded next season. I guarantee it. They are going to get rid of him for somebody else. Um, but the fact that he's returning and I just, I, I really believe in the Warriors coaching staff more than I do with Cleveland. So I think they'll make some counter adjustments. So Richard Jefferson and, uh, Ky- uh, Kyrie going off. Um, so I, I think the Warriors will still win by 10 tomorrow. All right. Well, that's, that's, that's what we think is going to
1: happen tomorrow. And we think that, that the NBA finals, is gonna be uh it, it's gonna be a show for tomorrow in game four. Hopefully it just improves when it comes to the quality of play between both teams and it's not just two blowouts back to back. Hey fellas, thank you so much for coming on to the show and we're gonna wrap it up here shortly. Jonathan, is there anything you wanna say before we get off the air and then uh Chris I'll let you talk after that. No, I mean it's just good to be back
0: on and, and talk to you guys and, and uh you know I hadn't been on in a while so uh a lot of fun yeah. being on and uh it should be a good series. We'll we'll see, like you said, hopefully get some competitive games here. Uh it's, it's just unbelievable how much home courts made a difference in these playoffs and especially in these NBA finals, um and 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 how much we we've seen blowouts. Um i you know, I I guess it's it's a it's a close series if if the blowouts go both ways. <laughs> but uh you certainly don't want to yeah. see that. So hopefully we get some competitive basketball the rest of the way and we see some good games. Yeah, and Chris.
1: What, what else, You want to say anything else, Chris? Before we get out
2: of here. Am I the only one that's like super excited for this draft? I, I just, I yeah. feel like sometimes the Seventy Sixers are gonna ruin this pick. The Seventy Sixers will find yeah. some way to ruin this pick. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those things where we're going to
1: talk more about the draft next week, especially once the NBA Finals starts to dwindle down. And I know I don't want to say hopefully the Finals ends in Game 5, but if it does, we're definitely going to dive into the draft. It's two weeks from today. I mean, it's two weeks from today, and I've been looking at a lot of these players – I still am baffled by a bunch of these experts or quote-unquote experts that say, oh, this draft is not as deep as it's going to be next year. Now, I understand there's a whole bunch of flock of kids coming in to college next year that are freakishly gifted. But this year is pretty good, too. And I know Jonathan and I have had this conversation. I've had this this conversation with other people before that this draft has got a ton of guys who are coming in who are going to be great role players um, in the future of the NBA. Maybe not superstars, but role players galore. And and I just don't understand why people are like, oh, this draft is nothing compared to – but Ben Simmons could be a – I mean, in my opinion, he's going to be the next bona fide guy. And then a bunch of these other guys just look like guys that are going to be lengthy, tall, Forward, point forward-ish type guys, baby miniature Lebrons like Nicholas Batum's all over the basketball court. Like that's what it feels like to me as these guys grow into their bodies. I mean, isn't that what we kind of want to see the NBA turn into? Is a lengthy, bigger league where it's where it's more physical and, and brutal and, and outside shooting, more skilled players. That's what this. That's what this draft looks like, and it's like everyone's kind of just discounting what to expect. I don't know. I don't know. Do you have anything on that, Jonathan? Before we uh, before we get out of here.
0: Well, I mean. All I can say is, you know, Curry at seven, Clay Thompson at 11, and Draymond Green at 35. So, so never dis. you're not to, not to say that yeah. guys are lurking at those spots this year, but you can never discount where you can where you might find superstars or, you know, or at least key rotation guys, uh, further down in the draft. So, when people say, you know, well, it's not a deep draft, let it play out. Right. let's see. You know that goes for every. That goes for the NFL. It goes for NBA. I mean, look, Tom Brady was taken at 199, right? So you just never know until things play out. It's funny that, that you know people make all these proclamations and have all the draft boards and everything. You know, and and you, you just don't know until you see guys get taken later on and how they pan out. So we'll see how it goes. Exactly.
1: All right, fellas, we're out of here. we got about a minute left. Episode 149 is in the book. Thank you to Jonathan thank you to Chris again for coming on and talking about the NBA Finals. Definitely, definitely next week start diving into the draft and breaking down players and where we think they're going to go and, and, and what they look like and all the mamba-jamba when it comes to the NBA draft. Thank you again for calling in, fellas, and uh, definitely we'll get you on here again next time. Take care, guys. All right. All right, take care, Jonathan. All right, here we go. We're out of here for today, episode 149 in the book. Episode 150 will be on Tuesday. Yes, 150, 150 episodes in the book. It's going to be crazy. We're here. We're getting it going on the Hooper's Log, and uh, we're going to be out of here in just a moment. Thank you again for listening in, everybody. For those who listen to the podcast, those who listen live to the uh, to the actual show, uh, I, I appreciate every single moment that you can come in and listen to the Hooper's Log and listen to Real Basketball, Intellectual competition. It's time right now in the NBA, and obviously it's the peak of the NBA season. Thank you again for listening, everybody. Have a good one and enjoy yourself.